Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, what we all know commonly as PTSD. Like the other mental health conditions we've talked about here, we've all heard the term PTSD, whether it be in movies or the news or casual conversations, but we do we really know what it is? If we know anything about it, we know that it commonly impacts military veterans. However, PTSD can impact anyone at any age. In fact, about seven or eight out of every hundred people will experience PTSD at some point in their lives. So let's all settle in and get this thing rolling. Glad to have you back. How you doing? You okay? How's it going? How you feeling today? Welcome to South Defiant, a podcast from Right Track Medical Group dedicated to destigmatizing mental health in the South through genuine conversation about the challenges that we all face every day. For more information, please visit our website, righttrackmedical.com backslash South Defiant. While we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health condition. All right, guys. So to learn more about PTSD and its impact on those affected, we're joined by Jennifer Young, a therapist at Right Track Medical Group. Jennifer, thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, first of all, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and about what you do? Okay. Um, I am a uh, new therapist at Right Track Medical Group and at our at our medicine campus. Um, I have experience um, working mostly with, with kids and families. I've did that for a number of years and had a few roles supervising staff and training staff. And so um, here recently decided to get back into direct service and service our um, families um, who need help. And so I decided to come to Right Track. And so things have been going great since then. Cool. Good deal. Um, I know that they're very excited to have you in that role. So let's get to the subject of what we're talking about. So tell us, we've all heard, I, I said this in the opening, but we've all heard PTSD. We're all familiar with that, but we don't know really what it is. We think military, but tell us a little bit about what PTSD is. Okay. So PTSD is a term that stands for post-traumatic stress dis- disorder. And it is a mental health disorder that actually develops in one who has experienced, um, witnessed, or learned that a relative or close friend was exposed to some kind of uh, traumatic event, usually in the form of an actual or threatened death, um, serious injury, or, or sexual violence in some way. Hmm. Okay. So so that's what causes it typically is a traumatic event. Um, either you witness it or it, it, can it be third party? Can you, can you just be a, a family member that you knew and loved, but didn't actually experience the event? So it can be, uh, it can be experienced directly or indirectly. I think the thing that, oh. dif- that differentiates um, PTSD from some other um, either stress or trauma related disorders is that it typically um, involves an exposure to an actual or threatened death or, or serious injury, or like I said, sexual violence in some way. Uh, okay. All right. So it, it threatens the safety. Okay. So, and you work with a lot of kids, um, as you said in the beginning, 
Um, are they affected differently by PTSD than an adult would be? Interesting question. I mean, of course, kids doesn't don't have the um, the coping the coping mechanisms, and their brains are not as developed um, as an adult. So, yes, I mean, they they do experience it some differently, but some of the symptoms, you know, are the same for kids. Do you see it a, a lot in kids, or is it more prevalent in adults? Um. Again, I would well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily more prevalent. I mean, kids and adults actually experience quite a bit of trauma, actually. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you will qualify for a PTSD diagnosis. So what what would qualify you for it? So what are some of the just immediate symptoms of PTSD? Okay, so some of the main ones are intrusive thoughts. A person may have involuntary memories of the event. They may have um, distressing dreams or flashbacks. So that's that's one. The second one is avoidance. So anything that reminds them of the event, when you think about people, places, and things, so they, av- they avoid that because they don't want to trigger those, you know, distressing memories. Right. Another one is, you know, their mood or their cognition. So after after one experiences an event like this, you know, they look at the world differently. The world is scary. They may view themselves differently. Hmm. So alterations in their in their thoughts or in their mood is another one. And then alterations in, in arousal. And by that, I mean that they may be irritable. They may have angry outbursts. And these um, symptoms affect their daily life in some way. It could be work, could be school, um, could be at home. So it affects their daily life in some way. Okay. And does that, do do those symptoms occur like immediately after the trauma or does it take a while or does that differentiate between the person? So it can, it can be delayed actually. And I think that's some of the, the misnomers about, um, PTSD is that some people think they may experience it immediately, but truth be told, they may not experience the symptoms until well after event, the event, sometimes huh. months, sometimes years. Really? With kids yes. and adults? With kids and adults, yes. I have a lot of interesting questions I'm going to avoid because I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go down a rabbit hole. Um, so how... So if you are experiencing PTSD, I mean, you said that it creates angry outbursts and, and things like that. How is a person that's experiencing PTSD able to know that they're going through PTSD or recognize the symptoms? Well, I I, I think that's kind of the benefit of something like this is, is to educate the public about, you know, kind of what the symptoms will look like. So just in and of itself, a person may not know. I mean, in, in our society, um, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to be strong and to just experience things and just kind of keep going. And so I think, again, just educating the public about things to kind of look for either in themselves or loved ones is is an advantage. So, I mean, they, they may or may not know. Then They may know that they're under distress. They may know that they have some things that they may be you know, trying to avoid, but they may not necessarily know, you know, the reasons or what it, or what it's attributed to. They might not even be able to link it back necessarily to that traumatic event. Huh? Really? 
So they may be just going through some things that like, that, like you said, they're like, well, let me, I, I don't know what's happening, but I feel different. I need to just tough this out and figure it out. They can't even figure out, they can't even put a name to it. Typically. They, they, they may not. I mean, some, some can, I mean, they may just not know what to do about it. Hmm. Wow. 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 Cause this is pretty serious ordeal. I mean, can it lead to other problems down the line? It can, um, mainly because of, you know, the body is in a state of hyperarousal because of stress, because of anxiety. And so, of course, people are trying to cope. So what may end up happening is, you know, they may have a co-occurring disorder, meaning they may have, you know, some other disorders, whether it be depression or whether it may be alcohol that they may be also going on, that they may be using to cope, which may compound hmm. the issues that they're already experiencing. Yeah. So what what are some misconceptions with PTSD that people may have? Well, we kind of alluded to one of them. I think one of the misconceptions is that um, is that one will experience the symptoms immediately. You know, somebody may experience a, um, a traumatic event, whether it's a car accident or whether it's, you know, sexual assault. And because they may not experience the symptoms immediately, um, they may just kind of dismiss it, whereas the symptoms may not appear um, like we said earlier, until months or sometimes even years down the line. Mm. You know, I, I just had a thought. I, I, I've studied a lot of World War II and met a lot of veterans of World War II that have been through very traumatic events. And I'm specifically thinking of a few in Europe. And they suppressed those events for so long. Mm-hmm. Once they got older, all of a sudden, it just, they couldn't keep, their mind couldn't keep those events at bay. And all of a sudden, they started having those ex- those experiences that you're talking about that are, uh, that PTSD would create. Um, I've never actually put a label on it. So that's a good point of, you said, uh, this is the point of having this conversation on things like a podcast is, so you can say, maybe this is PTSD. Maybe what I'm experiencing is normal. It's, there's a reason for it. Let me go talk to somebody and see if it's PTSD. May not be, maybe something else, like you said. Well, exactly. I mean, I think, I think the thing that I like that you said is maybe, I mean, just even, even the thought of, of having an awareness that, okay, well, I'm, I'm feeling this way. Let me go talk to somebody and kind of see what's going on. I think is, um, I think is a healthy choice to make because sometimes again, just like going to a medical doctor, you know, we may, we may experience some things, but we may not be able to put a name to it or we may not be able to associate it, you know, to certain things. So talking to, you know, a mental health professional um, will be able to, to kind of align some of those things or, or be able to, to put a name to it. Yeah. And that's a great point. And we've talked about it on the show uh, in the past, you know, if you're feeling a little weird and off physically, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to the doctor and see what's going on. Right. Why, why not do the same thing with our mental health, which is just as important or more important to our well-being? Um, that's a great point. Yeah. And I, and I think we've I think we've definitely made some strides um, just in just in the mental health world with, again, just kind of changing our thinking as it relates to our mental health and looking at it. Um, you know, with the totality of just overall health and the way we think, the way we, um, you know, handle our emotions and, and other things, 
you know, all, all are important. All affects our, our overall health. And so hopefully we can we can continue to open the door and continue to change our thinking as it relates to our mental health because it affects so much of what we do. Yeah, really well put. That was really well put. Um, so in the entertainment world, we see PTSD and actors are portraying it as um, people that are very violent and dangerous, but that's not really the case. I mean, it has maybe there's that element, but that's typically not the case. Or is it? I don't know. No, that's, I mean, no, I, I think in, in a lot of ways, that's a, that's a, it can be a mischaracterization, you know, at, at best. Um, not to say that, that there aren't some cases yeah. <laughs> where people in the PTSD community, you know, may, co- may commit violent behavior. But all the research that I've shown have pretty much said that that percentage is, is under 10%. Hmm. Um, the truth be told, there's a lot of confounding or contributing factors, even, even when you account for violent behaviors. Again, it could be another mental health disorder, could be the use of alcohol. It's difficult to look at PTSD just and understand it as it relates to violence just in isolation for PTSD. And that's a, that's actually another good point, Jennifer, is a lot of times I would imagine with PTSD, once they come to you or to another uh, mental health professional, they're probably pretty far into it and other things have occurred. Is that, is that fair to say? I mean, I think that's, that's definitely possible, mainly because of some of the, the things that we stated earlier, yeah. but I think just, just the support with those kind of symptoms, because people may not know, um, again, just, you know, you know, we may delay coming to a mental health professional or seeking mental health treatment just because of, of a myriad of reasons. So just like you said, you know, by the time somebody has enough courage and, and that's a lot of time what it takes and, and support, then there may be other things that are going on. Just, just as you mentioned earlier. Just for our listeners, how common is PTSD in kids and adults? So, um, good question. So, between three, 3.6% or around that and 10% of, of adult Americans um, have PTSD during the course of a year. So, that's, I mean. That's pretty common. Right. But, you know, an estimated 78 may develop PTSD at some point in their life. And then as far as children, again, like I said earlier, I mean, there's about 15 to 43% of girls and 14 to 43% of girls go through at least one trauma or one traumatic event. But then out of those, you know, less than 20% of girls and less than 10% of boys may develop PTSD. Is that why it's more traumatic? I mean, it's more uh, common in um, women? because they're more likely to go through a traumatic event? It actually is more common in women. Um, oh. Yeah, and, and there, are, there are also some gender differences in the types of traumatic experiences that, that women experience versus men. But, yes, it's more common in women. That's, yeah, yeah, okay. Different, yeah, depending upon how you're made up. Um, I guess, and it's, I guess that sort of experience would be different for everybody, regardless of gender, because we're all made differently. Exactly. Um, so if someone thinks that they have PTSD, what, 
what do they do? Do they just call like you work for right track? Do they call right track or, you know, how do they, how do they go about finding out something? So I would definitely say, I would definitely say call right track. I mean, we have, we have counselors who were, who were trained in a variety of therapies that, that uh, have good outcomes for, for PTSD. One of them being EMDR. But I think um, the good thing about right track is that we have, um, a system in place to where we can can screen for some of those and, and get a person connected to who they need to get connected to in order to be able to effectively treat it. So I, I just think making that making that first call is key. Yeah, just pick up the phone. I'm sorry. Just pick up the phone. Yeah, just pick up the phone. Yeah. Okay. And I, I want to be clear to the to the people listening, like. You're talking about because it's so ingrained in our head that this is a military disorder, and you're we're talking about kids, boys and girls, men and women that have never been in the military in their life that have experienced a traumatic event, which most of us go through at least one in our life. Correct. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. it's certainly not limited to just the to just the military. I mean, when it first came out, when we thinking around 1980. Um, you know, we were kind of limited in our thinking to that. But the fact of the matter is there's, you know, a myriad of, of traumatic events that one may go through that, again, like I said earlier, that may actually threaten the safety. It could be, again, a car accident or um, a life-threatening illness. I mean, those are just a couple, but there there are definitely several that can fall into that category for sure. Um, is PTSD something that can be managed or does it go away or, or what's the lifespan of this, of this, uh, illness? So I, I will say that the PTSD can definitely, the, the symptoms can definitely be significantly reduced. Um, as far as it, you know, disappearing that I would go, you know, I would, I would venture to say that it, it really disappears completely. But I think the key is, you know, getting to the point where um, our functioning in those domains that matter in, at home, at work, um, at school, that, that that that's improved. And that can happen. Um, that can happen with the with the right treatment and with the right combination of treatments. OK, cool. Um, so if you're a family member and someone's been diagnosed, somebody in your family has been diagnosed with PTSD, how do you support them in that journey? Well, I think there are a few ways. I think first I would, I would say be supportive, you know, be supportive as you, as you can be and just be, be empathetic. Even if you don't understand. Um, I think, I think sometimes when we, when we don't understand, you know, we may get frustrated, but one of the things that, I would venture to say anybody going through a, a mental illness needs is, is support. Um, so I would I would probably say that's that's the one thing that their family members can do and just encourage them to seek mental health treatment. You know, um, you know, express your concern for, for them and, and how mm. they're functioning and and how these symptoms may be interfering with their daily life. Yeah. So it's kind of the, that theme of communicate and just be with somebody. And just be with them. Yeah. Exactly. All right. You're, you're very, very, I, I love you being on the show because you're very to the point and you're succinct with your answers. Madison is very fortunate to have you, especially after talking to you. Um, are you originally from Madison? I am not. I'm actually from the Jackson area, born and raised and, and grew up. So, but you know, the, the cities are, 
are very close to each other. Yeah, so I can consider yeah. myself a part of Madison for sure. Well, Right Track is very lucky to have you. Um, I'm quite impressed. Well, I'm, I'm um, glad to be a part of Right Track. Cool. Um, well, Jennifer, I know that you had a bit of trepidation before <laughs> we trepidation began. Trepidation but- indeed. I sure did. <laughs> But I would love to have you back at some point if you're okay with that. Listen, I don't have a problem admitting it, but uh, but I would I would love to come back at any time. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing with us, and we really we've learned a ton, and hopefully we've um, we've created you know expanded this conversation about mental health and that it's okay to seek help. It's just like going to a doctor for a physical ailment, and it's uh, just as important. And um, your insights have really helped us help guide us in that direction. Um, I'm I'm, I'm honored to do it. Awesome. All right. Uh, If you're looking for more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. I'm Reese, and I look forward to continuing this conversation, guys. See you next time. If you have questions about mental health in the COVID-19 pandemic that you'd like our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you'd like more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. Thanks to our production team, Kelly Huntsberger, Caitlin Clegg, Carol Ann Hughes, Alica Batista, and Reese Lau. Special thanks to Squadcast for providing superior remote interview services.